Radio Primavera Sound, powered by SEAT. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two adults navigate the tumultuous waters of the pop cultural oceans with the aid of a talented and bright human compass. Introducing Captain Ben Cardew III. Ahoy. Rear Admiral Johan Wald. Hello. And the bright young <laughs> human compass, Marvai Verdu. Hello, hello. Reporting for duty. Today, we revel in the album of the week, Migos' Culture 3, an album that celebrates being rich, among other things. Speaking of the rich, we'll briefly talk about Norwegian hit TV series Exit, about a group of super rich brokers who get up to the worst behavior, and we love them for it. We also love... Billie Eilish, we can't stop talking about Billie Eilish. Click on every news with the name Billie Eilish. And this week she's got us thinking about queer baiting. What is it? Since we're out at sea, does it mean we put a really sassy worm on the end of a fishing line with the hope that we pick up a really flamboyant mackerel? <laughs> Hopefully Mar will help me not make an entire fool out of myself again. We've also noticed that Spain's infamous Ruta del Bacalao is alive again. Well, it's been popping up every so often, but this may be the year it fully resurrects with the help of DJ Pastis and Daniel Harl. Let's begin with the Atlanta Trio's latest opus. Ooh. Papa was a rolling stone, but now I got rolling stones in the bezel. Ice. Mama at home all alone, hustling, trying to keep this shit together. Mama. Young niggas smoking on gas, I'm living too fast, my foot on the pedal. Ooh. If I go back to the past, my niggas ain't know we'll be rocking Coachella. Hey. If a nigga ever try me or play me, I buy him an ice dot shovel. Ice. Dig your own grave, nigga, you played yourself. I put some cash on your schedule. You played yourself. If a bitch ever Woohoo! Yes. Takeoff, Offset and Quavo are back after three and a half years with their third installment of their Culture Trilogy. Since the previous Culture, each member released their own studio album. The album features collaborations with Drake, Cardi B, Future, Polo G and the amusingly named Young Boy Never Broke Again. Also, the tragically departed Juice World and Pop Smoke. Oh, and Justin Bieber. Um, because... Uh, yeah, what am I got here? Um, oh, yes. Thoughts on this album? This is our album of the week. I was about to read something that's... No, that's further down in my script. Sorry. Um, what did we think of Culture 3? Well, the, the, the problem is, right, the, the, the one criticism of it is so obvious, I almost want to go against it. And I almost like... Because there's the obvious criticism that everyone's saying is it's too damn long. So I almost want to go the, the opposite <laughs> way and just go like, <laughs> it's too short for me. Like, I'm really... I reckon they've added a few more songs. But that wouldn't be true. And we have to be truthful. It is incredibly damn long. And I find it actually quite dulls the senses by the end. And I would, I would find it very hard to tell you if the songs at the end of the album are worse than the songs at the first of the album, as they seem to me, or if I have just reached that point whereby I can't take it anymore. Um, so there were loads of really good songs there, but you just end, get the end of it, like you've run a marathon mm. through a desert or something like that, which is uh, a shame. It's actually the, the very last song um, is is one of the best. Need It, featuring your, your mate young boy, never, never, never Broke Again. But... And it's one of those things, it's like, well, if it's too long, just sort of cut it down. What's your problem? We've all got fast-forward buttons. But it's very hard to, to, to get around that kind of idea. Also, the other thing is, right, I'm not saying this has been long in gestation, but there are literally two people who died a few years ago on it, which doesn't scream, like, I'm not, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say, like, it doesn't scream like new does it so there's loads of really good things on this album like i really like the ex the uh, orchestration uh, the production there are lots yeah. of like really weird classical bits on it like particularly a uh, vaccine which i thought was excellent i love the sort of classical yeah. approach to that 
But at the same time, it's just there was something I find it hard to be enthusiastic, enthusiastic totally about it because I got to the end and I was just like, God, I'm exhausted, and I didn't want to listen to it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. same, same, same here, Mar. I just got so bored. I, yeah. I, I feel that I didn't even finish it. I didn't have the the strength, you know, man, to do the homework. I was like, well, I cannot get it. I, yeah, I'm gonna listen to the one with Cardi B and then I'm out. Um, I, I don't know because they are known for. Well, I haven't listened like it's not that I go to the Migos discography and go through it like all at once, but they have like viral songs that at least you know a couple of of them in the album are, are gonna be songs that really stick out and that have this catchy beat or mm. something. Like they have talk it like I walk it. This was on forever, and and I know they can make like viral songs. It's what they're known for, but I feel. I don't know which one would be the viral one in this album, and maybe they were not going for that. Maybe they just were doing an album. But I, I don't know. Something was lacking for me. I mean, I could. I like the the orchestral part you were saying, Ben. I thought, wow, if if they had more of these songs, one day it would be interesting. More of the songs, Jesus no, Christ, <laughs> Johan. More, more of that sound aesthetic of having really, really soft kind of orchestral arrangements, you know, but but really back in the mix. It's not like up front, up forward, like uh, exhibits paparazzi. It's, uh, it's really subtle in the back. And I thought, wow, this would be interesting to see in a live setting, like Migos performing with a with a real twenty piece orchestra or something, would it be nice to see the Primavera, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. <laughs> it would just be nice to see them, even if yeah. it's just with a DJ. Yeah. But the, my problem, my, the reason I got bored with it as well, is because the, the these kind of trap beats are so ubiquitous now. You know, they, they seem to be made with any kind of prequel app on any kind of editing program that you can get your hands on. So all of a sudden, this. This trap beat sound is all is on, is on all throughout. It's not coming at me in any kind of innovative way. You know, we've tr- this kind of music needs to constantly evolve. And whereas there have been albums in the past that I still revere as wow, these albums are game changers, and they have um, they have taken hip hop in a new direction, such as Drake's uh, "Nothing Was the Same," Kendrick Lamar's three last albums, ASAP Rocky's "Long." At long last, no, long live ASAP. Long live ASAP. I think that album takes mm, not just trip hip hop but trap everything in a new kind of direction. It sounds fresh. It sounds like wow, this doesn't sound like any of the other hundred albums that are out this year. And uh, you think, okay, Migos, they are kind of one of the biggest acts of the genre. And uh, for an album that they've had all this time to work on, including a pandemic, which they reference to in many songs. It's like, I don't know, it feels a little bit phoned in. Like, I don't think that they are really invested in in their art form. There's one song called Why Not? And somebody review, I can't remember where I'm sorry, but it basically made the point that it sounds like the kind of thing that just like, you know, that they put in the sort of final album folder by mistake. And then they're like, why not? And they called it Why Not? Because it's just like... <laughs> Oh, good God. But, like, this is what really interests me. It's like, I, I get it, you want your music to be released, but do you not, like, at some point just think, like, this is this is too much? Like, we kind of want to let the good songs shine, and there are really, really good songs on this, but, like, yeah. it took ages for them to kind of, like, fall out. And I'm, a lot of my favourite ones are at the start, like Avalanche um, and, and Straightening, kind of two, the two of the ones we've been listening to. And are they my favourites because they're at the start, or are they are they the best? I mean, yeah. I really like the Papa Scott Rolling Stone sample. I love it when, when people sample something 
something like that that yeah. big first thing in the album it's like a way of saying like this is big yeah you know like we've got the money to pay for this sample so there you go which i quite like but the fact that they cut the sort of treble down and everything it, it creates more excitement because all the mix of that sample is is like oh it's not it's not okay it's going to come in with a bang or they're going to bring up all the the bass and stuff and all of a sudden no 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 they keep it in this kind of muted background kind of sound and it's like okay it's an interesting artistic choice what else what else and then the, nothing nothing really comes out and says wow what a banger i want to have a driver's license to be able to drive in one of those suvs and, and pound, pound this album on back to front i don't See, get that feeling i thought need it was a banger but again it's track 19 ma didn't even get there and you you, <laughs> you were probably like asleep by uh, by that point and i wouldn't blame you i only got i i mean i got to it first um and i i, I I know I did listen to the whole album and I, I tried to make some notes, but like Need It wasn't on there. I was like, did I just sort of ignore that? And then like there was a review that said, this is one of the absolute best things on the album. So I went back to listen to it like straight off that one first and it was fabulous. It's a really good tune. It could be like a massive summer tune, but are people going to find it? That's the thing. I was like, I'm not going to listen to it the whole thing through, but I know if there's a good one that I haven't got to, if, if it goes viral, of, if it becomes the song of the summer, I, I will then go back to it. I don't have the time to do it now by myself hmm. and discover for other people so other people can do it for me. Well, it's like we're spoiled, but that's just the way it is, if you know what I mean. It's like we are spoiled and, that you know, generally hmm. other people will surface these things for us and generally we don't have to go back and, and listen to them and like find the, 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 the one track we don't want to. We don't have to listen to the whole hmm. album. And you could be like, oh yeah, but you should, you know, you should respect their full artistic thing. But yeah, it's like, but we we don't you know that's the situation we're in it would probably annoy me if i if i was in migos i'd be i'd be really annoyed if i was in migos and people were saying this you know but it's like that's just the way the world is you know you can't control your listener by the way i'm speaking about this album hoping that they don't hear this because uh, <laughs> because migos, i'm scared of the migos <laughs> they're badass nah. they are badass they're, didn't you there was one episode in atlanta you know donald glover <gasps> yeah. has a lot to answer you know he he's kind of he put Migos right up there when he thanked them at his uh, Golden Globe acceptance speech but there's that scene where his character goes to buy I think he goes to buy drugs off them and and it, they're so sinister they're like obviously it's a they're, they're playing exaggerated characterized versions of themselves but they're in this kind of camper van in the middle of some kind of forest on the outskirts of the of the of the of the village of the of the town and it, they're so eerie and and they've got like a guy tied up and I don't know and it's like I can't imagine them not being uh, different like <laughs> have you have you ever watched uh, Narcos Mexico I didn't I didn't get hooked on it no I mean it's Why? it's uh, not great it's one of the it's like just yet another thing about you know nar- nar- narcos and selling drugs and that kind of thing but no one of one of um, Migos Cuevo uh, has a uh, cameo in it oh um, okay. As uh, Quavo plays uh, speech mark Quavo, a drug dealer from Los Angeles who visits Tijuana to introduce crack to the uh, Reliano Felix family, <laughs> and it's like wow. But the, I've always said I like lis- uh, listening to music made by millionaires, rich core, if you want to call it, <laughs> because in a perverse way, I find it relaxing, soothing to hear people talk about the good life in first person or when they get to relaxedly feel a bit woeful from a little heartbreak uh, while they sip champagne by their really luxurious pools. No, but um, with this album, there's a little bit of this. Um, 
the, in the second track, Having Our Way, it features Drake, who doesn't take long before he starts to show off about that privileged world afforded to the few. For instance, he sings, I'm in the back room of Wally's. I spent 30,000 on somebody's grapes. Wally's is an upscale wine shop and restaurant with a private dining room in the back and where Drake apparently spent $30,000 on wine. Let me just dry my eyes a little bit from the tears. I, um, I mean, that's a rubbish line, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's not no, let's even be that honest. Good. I'm in the background of Wally. I spent 30000 on somebody's grapes. It's like, I'm not going to say wine. I'm going to say something else really clever. Somebody's grapes. Somebody's okay. grapes. <laughs> but he continues uh, further along. He says, shit done changed. Billionaires talk to me different when they see my, my pay stub from Lucian Grange. Grange is the chairman and CEO of Universal Music Group. And apparently he once said... If ever Drake or whatever, whenever Drake calls up and says he needs more money for his project, I give it to him because he's the greatest. Are you putting on an American accent? Uh, it was, I was trying to, yeah. Because he, <laughs> he's British, I'm afraid. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. If ever Drake or whenever Drake calls <laughs> oh, up and says he needs oh, more God. money for his project, I give it to him because he's the greatest. And Drizzy follows that line with, told myself that I would get through this verse and I'm not going to mention the plane. But look at the plane. In case you were wondering, Drake owns his own plane called Air Drake and has an exterior design made by Virgil Abloh. Not a private jet, a proper plane like Air Force One, the president's plane. <laughs> All this is wrapped in the first verse. Now, if bragging about the money you spend on the high life could be seen as a bit tacky, Quavo outdoes them all by rapping about the time he repossessed the Bentley he'd given his ex, Saweetie, as a gift. He sings, load up the bases. Now I feel like Carl Ripken. Hey, she had it her way. Now she out of a Bentley. Skrr, skrr. Get out. Ooh. Isn't that horrible? Like yeah, it's horrible. Someone like, oh. It's so tacky, you know? <laughs> it is. Get it, the, back. it is so tacky. <laughs> it is like, come on, man. You can afford to let her keep the Bentley. Come on. I mean, anyway. So... Uh, yeah, I wondered throughout the record, how do you make this trap sound sound more expensive? No, as I, as I said before, the, the trap beats are. Well, you put in a sample from Papa Was a Rolling Stone, don't you? Like, how much they? I, I bet they didn't even quibble over the price of it. I bet they were like, yeah, you just pay, you know. Like. But there's not enough of it. Remember how Watch the Throne is one of the most expensive albums made because of the samples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the expensive studios they rented to record, and you know, in Hawaii, in London, in Paris, and all over these places, you know, and it sounds like a luxurious piece of art. You know, you, you, the, even the cover designed by Ricardo Tisci, you know, it's like very opul opulent. It's very, you know, it should have come in a gold case, you know, and, and people, well, no, no one would have bought it, but <laughs> only, only the 1%. Uh, or, Ben, your favorite band, well, one of your f uh, artists you know very much, Ran Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. Oh, hang on, Daft Punk, I've woken up, yes, what? <laughs> Daft Punk, who you've written a marvelous book about, which we will talk about on a further episode Excellent. of Line Noise. Excellent. Uh, is doesn't Random Access Memories sound like such an expensive record? Like you can hear totally, absolutely, yes. And yeah. there's that anecdote that Jojo Moroder shared about how they had him record with three really expensive vintage microphones, and he said, "But will people really appreciate that I'm recording my my vocals on these microphones?" And he's like, and they said, Giman and Tom said, "No, but we know." No, and it's like wow, that's the that's the expensiveness that I like to listen to. You know, when I'm in my house feeling wretched, looking at my bank statement, I put on Random Access Memories or Watch the Throne or any album by Drake, Take Care, for instance, where he's on the cover holding a golden goblet, and I feel a little bit richer. I feel a little, not richer. I just feel less wretched. I don't get that with Culture Three. 
I guess one one good thing about those kind of albums, which I like, which I really like about music, is basically like you could be as rich as Drake, or you could be as uh, relatively not rich as me, and <laughs> you still listen to the same album. You know what I mean? It's not like Drake's got sort of a better version of the. Oh, right, I, I feel like he does. <laughs> oh, well, I, that, that was a, that You're was a bad rich. That was a yeah, that was a bad example. But you know what I mean? It's like yeah, I've got this album as good as you. Drake. I mean, again, probably not Drake because he's probably does have definitely. But you, you know what I mean. Someone else, like um, uh, someone rich. I can't think of anyone rich at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it is right. Jay Z, uh, Kanye. Kanye's rich. He's a billionaire. The now, Queen he? of England. She's rich. <laughs> the there we queen. go. She's listening to Culture 3, just like us. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I'm just remembering a video of Brian May, Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck sort of saluting the Queen and stuff. And and they're trying to make small talk with the Queen and it's just, it's terrible. It's like, guys, just keep your mouth shut, you're musicians. She's the Queen. Anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I expect a little bit more from Migos, but then again, you know, it's business as usual for them. They can do whatever they want. It's uh, like it's like if it was ten tracks long, it would be brilliant. Yeah, um, even like ten of the tracks that are already on there, but it's it's uh, eighteen, nineteen, however many tracks, and I entirely lost my focus. If I was a big A&R man and they listened to me which they obviously wouldn't, Mm -hmm. but if I was I'd be like, come on mate, do uh, 10 10 songs. But I feel like now I'm thinking about it and I feel like it's kind of a boss move to make such a long album because you're like I'm that rich that I don't need to care about Mm. what the audience wants and for example Drake one of his biggest albums like Scorpio is like 20 tracks long or something stupid like that that people most likely won't listen to the full thing 20 tracks because it's a lot mm. but you're Drake so you can do it so maybe Migos is being like we are Migos but right okay okay I have a theory about this so one of the reasons people do such long albums is, yeah. is to send them up the charts right because oh the more explain tracks- this yeah this I, th- I thought this was very perverse okay so the more tracks basically what the, the streams on your album count towards the album's total streams, total sales, if you like, right? So if your album is seven tracks long, you've got seven songs, like, contributing. And if your album is, like, 19 tracks long, you've got 19 tracks contributing. There's no, like, way of uh, equivalenting. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, equivalenting out. So basically, a lot of people made really, really, really long albums. To guarantee chart positions. No? Well, just to help, because it's like, you know, it just, it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, I listened to 19 tracks of this. If it had been, you know nine tracks long would I have listened to it twice as much possibly not alright so I think that's been done and it seems a little bit desperate so what I think would be the boss move right if, if Drake's listening is to make a short album and still go to number one with all the streams but I don't oh, need a long album yeah. Yeah, yeah you've got to be so confident in the if in those four or seven songs exactly exactly and, and Drake would probably easily do it I mean wasn't there a point where all of the songs on his album were in the top 10 or something mm. something like that do you know what, what would you know that barge that got stuck in the Suez Canal yes which we said was the <laughs> ultimate boss what would that do would that release a short or a long album always the mindset you have to have when thinking about business stuff <laughs> exactly <laughs> what would the boat stuck in the Suez Canal do anyway Migos if you are listening please come and play Primavera sometime we, we would like to watch you Live. <laughs> straight to the point, I get straight to the straight, and your brother, he can't even go. 
skirt. We gutted them, nobody talk. We gutted them. New color, then start, start to fall. New Trapping color. and hustling, beat down the wall. Beat down. Oh, with the stuffer, lost our rubber. Lucky no. for Mac in the back of the Tesla. Come with the gang, we can never be selfish. Watch how I dress, I'm the dripping professor. Saw the kill tech, then I bought a compressor. Kill time to press them, eat them for breakfast. Taught them a lesson. Wonderful sound mixing from Rob Roman behind the controls. I didn't allude to him earlier on. Our ship decks. Mm. What's another important position on a boat? On a <laughs> I don't know. You, you're the captain. I'm the back admiral, admir- the, the rear admiral. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're the, you're the uh, the, anyway. Uh, uh, first, you're the first, compass. first mate. First mate. First mate. First, first mate. mate. <laughs> first mate, Rob Roman. And our human moral compass, not moral compass, just our human <laughs> compass to guide us through the, through the storms. Mar. You're going to tell us a little bit about something that I'm very excited about. Just before she does, Mark, I noticed you're wearing a ring with an M on it. Is that so if you if you punch someone, they, they get the, your M on? It's, I love personalized stuff. Maybe that's my Migos, Cuevo um, stuff that they do, that they have all yeah, these Yeah, you're very eyes. blingy. Yeah. You've got all these like gold rings on. <laughs> I love it. I, I can't wait to marry a rapper and have <laughs> Well, moving on. <laughs> Today, as always... Oh, my God. If you married a rapper, would he have, like, the longest wedding ceremony in the entire world? Would it be, like, 13 hours long and he'd just be, like, more and more vows? You'd just be like, oh, for God's sake, I like the first vows, but the last ones are... Sorry. Just like the album. Um, well, yeah. Let me have my theme today and stop talking about my marriage with a rapper. Um, today, as most days, not always, but today I bring you the hottest tea of the week, which is, surprisingly, I was not expecting this, that Billie Eilish is being cancelled by her own fans, which is, is crazy because if you think about the Billie Eilish and her fans, it's I feel it's one of the most devoted fan bases there are apart from K-pop, like... Uh, um, I don't know, Billie Eilish is super, super, super popular now. She has millions of fans and, and they would do whatever for her, but they're turning on, on her. So w- what happened? The thing is, uh, two, three days ago, she posted a selfie in her Instagram like a normal person would do and she captioned it, I'm tired. She looked amazing. She didn't look tired. but she And I, and I, I went to the comment section just... And not expecting much of it, expecting everyone hyping her up and telling her how pretty she is and how amazing she is. But instead of being thousands of comments of people do, saying stuff like this, the comments are basically like the top comments. You don't even have to scroll. So uh, everyone is telling her, imagine how tired we are of it. Imagine calling us embarrassing. Bro, we pay your bills. I love you, <laughs> Billy, but do better. Bestie, address everything. Stop ignoring it. And how was Disneyland, which I will explain what that means later. But the thing is that quite obviously fans are not very happy with her. So I, 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 I needed to know what was happening. I could not live a day longer without knowing the drama behind the fans and Billy and what was going on. I mean, I, I'm not ready for there to be backlash already with Billie Eilish. She's not even 20 yet. Poor thing. It's the moment. It's the moment. Oh. She, she has her career is so fast that, that she has she's already in her first cancel culture phase will so, she be in rehab next year do you think no please course, <laughs> i hope no. not course, but, um the thing is uh, obviously we we need to know what happened we need the, the gossip to 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 live tell so us tell us what's happened I, exactly? I have gone to the depths of the internet and i have gathered all the information we need to understand what happened to make the fans so mad at her what happened at Disneyland what did she do and and I have all the answers so don't worry 
So it all started <laughs> not with the selfie at the beginning of the month when Billy released a song called um, Lost Cause that I guess will be part. It's a single that's in the album coming up this July, I think, and a music video that went with it. And this is the first spark in the whole mess that's going on. Mm -hmm. The thing is, the video pictures Billy with lots of other girls having... Like a sleepover, no? Yeah, like a sleepover, um, all this cute and stuff. But there's a clear sexual tone throughout the, the video. So people called her out on that um, and accused her of queer baiting, which I will explain what queer baiting is according to the Wikipedia, so if someone's lost at this term. Um, according to Wikipedia, queer baiting is a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment, like in Billy's case, in which creators hint at, but then do not actually depict, same-sex romance or other LGBTQ representation. Mm -hmm. They do so to attract, so bait, a queer or straight ally audience with the suggestion that they're part of the community um, without actually um, implying that they are part of the community. So, so it gathers both um, straight people or maybe people who are not friendly with the LGBTQ thing mm -hmm. and also mm, LGBTQ community. So they get the views from both um, without actually being mm, explicit about what they mean by doing that. Mm. So people it's actually been a thing this for a while and people are uh, accusing her of, of being queer baiting her audience with th this uh, music video and the thing is it, it actually could potentially be Problematic, and I'm I'm just gonna state what people are, are mad about when when they saw the video. So I'm uh -huh. not. It's not my my full opinion because I I'm I can see the problem and I can see the other part as well. So the um what's happened is that she has stated multiple times she's straight. She she's she has said it. It's not that we don't know. She there's interviews and stuff in which she she says she is. Yeah. So supposing that's still the case, um, this music video picturing female friendship in such a sexual nature is kind of feeding into the fetishization of women loving women relationships um, and the idea that they just exist for others' entertainment. You know, like mainly. Um, male. Yeah. Attention, basically, no? yeah. The, there's this whole problem with. Um, and lesbianism and stuff that people fetishize and also the kind of the female friends oh they're super friends they're besties and it's it's not it's actual a relationship it's it kind of it by women and and lesbian couples are have a, a, this problem and have actually talk about how is this a problem and i'm not saying that what we see in billy's video is something super apart from actual female friendship there's you can be with your friends twerking and and being silly and stuff and mm -hmm. and it could actually be seen as this kind of romantic but it can be just a friendship but the thing is if there is this problem with with fetishizing this kind of relationships and your video even though you didn't intend to do it in that sense can seem like you are also fetishizing um, this kind of relationships for for clicks for for stuff like this and, and money and, and and commercial purposes that is queer baiting so I can see why some of her fans um, would be mad at her because of that because of that, let's remember she's it's not the first time she's been accused of that she put out a song a few years ago I wish called, you were gay. yeah and people said like mm, okay maybe not 
the most intelligent thing to do. But, but the, the, ex the the meaning of the title is "I wish you were gay" because uh, it it, w it would break. No, what was it? it, it, it it's, because I'm it would straight, and and I'm not wishing that you were gay because I'm gay. And also, it's that I wish you wouldn't reject me for another woman, but because you have another sexual orientation. Which is a very Uh, pol uh, dangerous uh, line, I guess, no? Because some people, there's always been that thing of, yeah, if you leave me for someone, oh, no, uh, where am I going with this? Do, do you mean that the, 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 the people, some people say, look, all right, if, if, if you left me for someone of the same sex as you, it's like, well, that would be it's, one it, thing. It, it wouldn't it, be as bad as yeah. if you leave me for another, like in my case, if you leave me for some other guy who I'm jealous of or yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, I can yeah. compete with, whereas I can't compete with another woman. Mm. It's kind of a know, different thing. That, that kind of, that's yeah, sort of what the yeah. sort of... Yeah, but that, so that, that, that can be also kind of problematic as well. Like, it, it can be taken the wrong way. Well, it's, it's difficult. And <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, there's other people who are... Um, still against uh, this video and, and her not really putting out statement about it that say that this music video is kind of her coming out without um, well just kind of hinting that she might be um, bisexual or, or whatever she is um, but not only because of the video um, because she posted screenshots on of the video on her Insta and she captioned I love girls mm. which is like oh Billy is coming out Um, however, she hasn't made any clear statement on whether she now identifies as a bi woman or a lesbian or whatever she feels like she wants to identify as. And the thing is that the, the problem here that I'm kind of debating all the time is nobody owes anyone any explanation about their sexuality. Like, yeah. um, even if you're famous, you don't know your fans or anyone what your sexuality is it's your personal it's life and and if you want to talk about it great and if you don't want to talk about it great too but that being said whether she identifies as, as i don't know whatever she wants to identify and she's not ready to talk about it or she's actually straight and and just did this video just because that it kind yes i think it was kind of Not easy, but you could see that people maybe could take it the wrong, not the wrong way, but accuse you of queer baiting. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, you, I, I think. But, I th yeah, okay. No, go on, go on. No, because there's another part which <coughs> explains. Maybe if it all stopped here, it would be okay. People, you're looking too deep into it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that deep. It's just a music video. Get over it. But and here's where Disneyland comes in. <laughs> um, Disney. She, <laughs> she was she was seen this weekend um, with the whole drama going on um, in Disneyland um, with her new alleged boyfriend, uh -huh. which would be like, okay, mm, good for you. I don't know. Um, who is an actor called Matthew Tyler Bors. Um, May the you can look. look. <laughs> May the divorce be with you. They probably told him when he entered the the new Star Wars. Oh, what a shit joke! <laughs> Sorry, I, I, that's all I could come up with. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this man, um, and since people have seen them recently together and stuff, they already dig up their his problematic past. And apparently, there's tweets and social media posts of him being super homophobic and racist and stuff. So that has put Billy even more on the mm, eye of criticism because 
if you do this music video and then you date someone who's homophobic and then blah 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 pe people who want to criticize you will have even more stuff to 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 say that they're correct and um yeah and because of that she then went a step further which made fans even more mad and um, which is that she liked a post on someone's instagram that read this fandom talking about billy's fandom is so embarrassing sometimes like why would you go into someone's comment and say something that you literally don't even know is true and something you all literally made up sometimes you all are so dumb some of you need to learn how to mind your own business and that didn't they did fans didn't like that <laughs> much and that's why some of the comments is imagine calling us embarrassing bro we pay your bills okay there's one thing i like i this probably isn't the most important point but i really dislike it when fans are like we pay your bills we pay your bills i find that it's like what so you own them or something like that and i'm not like excusing or, or, con or condoning any any kind of behavior but that i find is is annoying attitude the other thing is i wonder how much of this is because Billie Eilish got it so entirely right with her first album? Like, when she came out, she was... What she did was pretty much perfect. We, mm -hmm. we went to see her, and everyone there looked like her. She was, like, a massive, massive idol. And it feels like... Um, Again, I don't want to downplay the importance of, of, of anything, but I'm not like. Do you remember there was also the. the we, we talked about it when, when she appeared on the cover of British Vogue as, mm -hmm. as well. And and I think it's almost because she, she, she did it all so well that now anything that's perceived, maybe people are kind of waiting for a little, yeah. little that, that, slip. I feel it, that too. It's the same old story over and over again. You know, you, you, you get to the highest point in your career and she started it seems like she started at the high point all of a sudden Billie Eilish 17 years old she's everywhere she's mm -hmm. on the top perfect album uh, capturing tapping into something into a teenage emotion that it didn't it wasn't bubblegummy it didn't sound like it was manufactured by some adult you know it was it was very earnest and all of a sudden now she's growing up in public and she's having having all these things to deal with i've seen the video and really i get the brief it's like look this the brief of the video is girls uh, sleepover party mm -hmm. and i it's i don't even think it's that exaggerated when she sort of she kind of kisses another girl like because they're playing like i think they're playing that game where you have to suck the card and pass it on yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know they're doing girly things you know like dancing mm -hmm. together in pajamas in the pastel colors and all stuff I, it, I thought it was very inoffensive. It's not like she's overtly in the bed, like oh, you know, cuddling mm -hmm. up with one of the girls in the video. I didn't, I didn't feel that it was that. Uh, I don't know. I think yeah. people are being a little bit too over analytical, but you know, I feel, I feel that too. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, like, I don't want to like. If you're part of the community and you feel offended by that, I'm, I don't want to take your offense out of, of the music video because if, if that's how you felt I, I, I'm so sorry but at the same time maybe it's it's that that when you're so 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 big um, you have to walk like on on eggshells or whatever the yeah. phrase is yeah. um, and and it, yeah I think people were kind of eager to see her do Slip. something bad and and stuff and even before the I saw the the queer rating stuff I saw people saying like oh this this song is kind of boring which is a little bit boring but um, I think people are ready to see her do something bad so they can 
Yeah, so then they can have their moment. But this is why, like, Beyonce is the perfect modern pop star. She mm-hmm. just doesn't do interviews. She doesn't do, like, she doesn't tweet. She doesn't do interviews, not much on Instagram. So there's there's almost nothing she could do wrong. And that makes her perfect in a way. But it also, it's a shame, because I'd love mm-hmm. to know what Beyonce thinks yeah. about certain things. Yeah, exactly. but, I mean, even when the... the some there was a little bit of like is she culturally appropriating african culture for her her the last Mm -hmm. release uh, yeah the lion king the lion the lion king and and her the the Uh, yeah um, yeah I don't remember the name. Ah! Black is King. Black is King, sorry. Black is King, you know, where she played with all kinds of Afrofuturistic uh, aesthetics and stuff. And, and even, you couldn't even whiff that wand at her because it's like, look, it's Beyonce. She has total artistic license. She's doing it tastefully. She's uh, she's celebrating African culture. It's, you know, it is part of her heritage in some form or other. So, uh, no, no. She's untouchable. Queen B, mm. because she's the queen. But Billy, I feel bad for all these Gen Z or, or well, whatever in between after all these young artists, pop artists, they have to, as you say, they have to tread so mm. carefully. I mean, as I say, Billie Eilish's video isn't overtly queer baiting. You know, you really, really, yeah. really have to peel and look for it. Another video clip that I thought, wow, I'm sure someone might have something to say about it. Diet Prada or one of these, mm-hmm. you know, platforms that's always like kind of waving the stick at anything a pop star does or some public figure does is um, uh, Lord's video for Solar Power which was recently released you know for her much awaited latest single from the album that she will supposedly drop between now and her future performance at Primavera Sound 2022 is that it's 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 got a lack of diversity, which is very unfashionable nowadays, you know, because nowadays anything you do in pop, especially if there's going to be a lot of people in the video, you have to have as many people represented as possible, right? That seems to be the the like the like formula you can't really go back on. And all of a sudden, we've got Lord's video, which is on, it's on this kind of uh, boho chic um, luxury resort and I say this because it's it's this it's a resort where there's nothing there's no infinity pools there's no Balinese beds there's just some kind of a, a few scrappy tables made out of beech wood um, uh, salvaged salvaged beech wood uh, and it's like oh yeah that's what's really trendy now with with these people who spend their life on vacation on private jets you know they go to these places to feel more rustic and um, I don't know well that's me just projecting on the video and all of a sudden all, the, all her friends are like hanging out on this beach you know receiving the solar energy and the song is very upbeat but it's there, there's you know it's very vanilla shall we say mm-hmm. right but alas there is a moment where you see a black guy a person of color but he's holding a raft as if the world doesn't associate black people with rafts already why is the only black guy in the in lord's video handling a raft like and uh, coming out of the shore is he coming out is he coming from a neighboring island you know okay it's him and some other people you know it's, he's not the only person but so he's holding this raft which lord uses as a kind of a platform on the water to sing the chorus he's like okay okay let's not pay attention to it but then the black guy appears once again holding her up on a throne like she's some kind of colony governess <laughs> you know and i think he's even holding the umbrella you know which is giving her shade and it's like i was actually disappointed that the video didn't end with lord lying on her back and being fanned by this black man <laughs> with oh. a giant palm leaf you know it's like ah, are there no like people of color in new zealand mm-hmm. I, I mean couldn't she 
I when you said that I felt so bad that I didn't even notice everything ah! you said because it's so obvious when you pointed out that it's that and the bad thing also is I'm gonna try to come up with a theory to explain why Lord um, did that and didn't realize either and I think I think she might have done that on purpose because there's some some theory going on that the album is gonna be about actually about um, climate change and and the first song is so happy solar power blah 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 I hate winter and then uh, she went to the Antarctica yeah. and whatever so she she is knowledgeable on of climate things yeah, she, going on and and so maybe the first this first single is like oh yeah happy solar power with all these white dudes not caring about anything and not being like responsible and and thinking everything's fine while we i have this man carrying me um and then as we have more songs or as we have the whole album maybe there will be a story about mm, white people being irresponsible and maybe listening more to the to the culture of each place and listening i don't know maybe so so what you're saying is we're meant to notice what johan noticed <laughs> yeah and then we like okay it didn't really make sense that lord is all this happy flowery when she comes from melodrama and all this stuff like she has to have a message she, someone said like i waited four years of depression with lord's last albums just to get like uh, a tampon commercial song like it's <laughs> I, I i didn't sign up for mm. this and maybe it's it's not that well i hope she's really happy she seems really happy um but it's not only this oh, superficial stuff maybe it, it will be a lot of deeper meaning I don't know. I'm bringing too much into it now. I'm the one being. <laughs> we're all. We've all been. We're, we're all. We've all been conditioned now <laughs> by Billie Eilish's the scrutiny on Billie Eilish's video. Uh, but it's, it's strange. There hasn't been more scrutiny, right? That's why I'm. I'm suspicious. And all the com all the comments were like, "Oh, you know, I needed this." It, it was all a little bit like you were talking about last week. Uh, th there was a TikTok trend about mm -hmm. white women dancing. <laughs> this video is very white women dancing or whatever, if that's just an entire yes. mood, which is not a, you know, it's not a bad thing. I'm just sort of, it's, it's as I say, the, the, what is surprising is oh, lack of diversity. Strange coming from Lord, who, you know, her music has been used in a series like Euphoria, which is, I don't know, it's, it's just, and the video is co-directed by her. Uh, it's not like she just sort of let an agency handle it. It's like co-directed by her. So it's like, okay, maybe, maybe this is done on purpose. We'll have to wait and see for the next video. Come on and let the bliss begin. Think three times when you feel it kicking in that We love Lord. Um, I missed out on the last time she played Primavera, and everyone was going crazy for her performing at the Mordor, one of the stages in Mordor, one of the giant stages. And uh, yeah, I missed out. I don't know what I went to see in, in instead of her, and uh, 
I regret it now, but I'm going to have my chance next year at our sold out Primavera Sound 2022. Incredible. 11 days of festival. Every ticket sold out. Uh, I think even the day tickets. So good luck to those who managed to secure tickets and sorry for those who didn't. But, you know, there there might be chances of... Uh, getting tickets further ahead uh, through resales and stuff because a lot of people buy in advance and suddenly things come up and you can't go and whatever. There's a waiting list, isn't there? So, you know, if you haven't got tickets, you can go on that. Ah, exactly. Waiting list. There we go. Viva. Waiting list. Anyway, speaking of very, very rich and privileged people, like we've been doing throughout the entire show, Migos, Billie Eilish, Lord on her luxury, <laughs> anti-luxury uh, beat front. Um, Spanish film streaming platform Filming has premiered season two of a Norwegian series called Exit. It's based on real life stories told by real life brokers to a journalist and have been rewritten into a script. It follows Four mega-rich brokers who get up to the worst kind of shenanigans while they trade and make multi-million dollar deals by making a few phone calls and clicking a few mice. And these guys are the worst kind of men, right? I mean, think the Wolf of Wall Street, ten times worse. Uh, the way they treat their families, well, mainly the way they, they treat their wives, you know, it's really despicable. Yet, it works as a strong denouncement on men behaving badly and never having to face any sort of accountability, like it, like it tends to happen in the real world. Uh, it's a sort of mix of billions and the Wolf of Wall Street, as I said. Um, we meet Adam, who loves cocaine, gorgeous sex workers, expensive watches and Porsche. Hendrik, the gang's happy boy with a fussy wife and four mixed-race children. Jeppe, as the boy gang's violent yet empathetic Gordon Gecko, And William, who can neither tolerate his manic depressive wife nor his own pathetic lifestyle. All of life's sorrows and problems are dosed down in an endless intoxication of beer, booze, cocaine, and occasion, which is occasionally served by runaway chickens, um, uh, sex workers, Viagra, big wins, and an extravagant lifestyle. I have to say, I get, I've gotten to that point where... There's loads of scenes throughout the the two seasons of the show where they're you know they're, they 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 rent this this luxury apartment the four men so that they can get up to all their naughty business without getting caught and you know when you watch these scenes in movies where people are just partying really hard and just drinking shot after shot and doing incredible amounts of drugs I no longer fantasize about, oh, I'd love to have one of those nights. When I see those scenes now, I immediately think hangover, like soul-destroying hangover. I don't enjoy it. I actually suffer. I have, they, they, make, they make me feel sick. So it means that I am officially an, old, <laughs> an adult man who does not want to take part in any of that anymore. It's like I want to be fresh and healthy the next day to take care of baby and walk and go on walks and, and be able to talk to people like a normal person and not like mutter and, and grumble. But anyway, um, as, I, as, it's, as has been said, it's the complexity of the characters that the series is given life and we allow ourselves to be fascinated and drawn in. And this is where creator Oystein Carlson succeeds so well. And really, you know, the, the, the chemistry is so good with the characters uh, and the unity with the guys that it makes it very watchable. Um, according to an article in Norway's News in English, in a country with a total population of around 5.3 million, Exit's audience is indeed large. 1.5 million Norwegians watched the first season and they're literally steaming back for more of the wild partying, lying, insider trading, graphic sex scenes, cocaine use and other forms of decadence that clearly fascinated the Norwegian viewers. Why do we love these characters so much? Why do we 
fantasize with uh, the Wolf of Wall Street or or even when they're a little bit more criminal, like Tony Soprano or even Walter White when he was closer to evil than good. Why do you think we love these characters? Ben, Mar. Why do you, what, what, personally, like, what do you do? You in, do you kind of think, ah, you know, I feel bad, but it's so good, or do you just like? Well, it's just that's the way it's framed, isn't it? Like, and you put someone as the lead character in most things, and you feel sympathetic towards them. You know, when you see everything from their perspective, you 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 just you, you kind of feel that way. It's a sort of classic TV trick, isn't it? I mean, obviously, you, you mentioned Tony Soprano. Yeah. And obviously, that's a brilliant portrayal, far more complicated yeah. than, than just making him the lead character. But basically, a lot is set up so you will, you you will sympathise with him. So much so, in fact, that they had to put in like some genuinely sickening scenes so we wouldn't sympathise too much with him. Basically, I think that kind of shows the the limits they had to go to. But it's so perverse when they do that, though. Like you'll see Tony Soprano. Well, okay, in the case of Tony Soprano, you know, it's 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 not even glorifying the gang or the mafia or anything, you know. But but he they'll show him being super brutal, but then having tender moments with his children, with his wife, or or bearing it all out at his psychologist, uh, Doctor Amalfi. <laughs> but in the case of uh, Exit, these guys represent. The, the the contemporary villain, you know, people like Dominique Strauss-Kahn, you know, these guys who handle the world's mm, mm, um, money, shall we say, the world's riches, and it's that 1% and they, and they just have total disdain. But then you have little moments of humanity all along through the series and it's like, oh, you know, just because you're doing that, it doesn't mean you're suddenly a good guy. You're still a, a terrible shitbag, but I'm rooting for you. You know, it's like you're... you're you you also root for their wives, you know, poor, you know, because they're they're always being victimized in the series, and they're they're, but but they're kind of trophy wives as well, and and it's just a critique on that whole kind of system. It's 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 thrilling, just like Succession, all these shows about rich people, no, and but Succession, I think, is very different because I watched Succession and. I think what a terrible life it looks. Yeah, you know, like this sounds like they they're shown as quite drunk. Where Succession, just like oh god, that looks terrible. Yeah, you might have like some, you know, someone serving you expensive soup, but your life's yeah. awful. You know. In fact, there's yeah. a there's a scene in this one where they're at a party, like the kind of party you might, you know, some you know one of their friends throws a very lavish party, and it's like I would not go to that party. It just doesn't. It, it nah, I don't know. The, the the it doesn't seem like that much fun, but um, <laughs> but it would be fun to have like just a little tiny percent <laughs> of their earnings. My God, uh, it's also quite exponential in the sense of they explain how in various episodes they explain how it works, and it just seems so easy. But it's just like oh, but you need to have at least one million in your bank account to invest, and and all of a sudden know how to make that grow. 10 times and stuff like that. Ah, uh, yes. But anyway, I guess living vicariously through villainy can be therapeutic. Rob, the song that uh, features in the... It doesn't actually feature in the series, but they, they allude to it in the two seasons and <laughs> in a very kind of dark and funny way is another band of rich millionaires who everyone loves. <laughs> When you try your best but you don't succeed 
When you get what you want but not what you need When you feel so tired but you can't sleep Stuck in rivers And the tears come streaming down your face When you lose Anyway, if you watch the series, you'll know, you'll, you'll catch the, that, that Coldplay reference. Anyway, um, Rob, DJ, next song. <laughs> so apparently, La Ruta del Bacalao, oh no, what am I talking about? Mara is going to introduce us yeah. to his her pick from. Oh, sorry, Hand. sorry, sorry, sorry. I was dumping. What I'm thinking? Why are we playing? You just can't Terrible. You I run. Stepped on my part. I'm so sorry, Mara. You see, without a compass, I'm. I'm lost exactly. To see. Exactly. I'm, I'm, here you go. Sorry, Mara. Next year, what are you excited to see? About, uh, to see at Primavera Sound. I'm super excited because it it all came out to plan um, without me. Well. How would I try it if I didn't have a say on the lineup? But the thing is, I get sudden obsessions of our artists. Uh, I feel like everybody does. But then I listen to their music nonstop for weeks. And I'm so glad my new obsession will be playing at Primavera next year. And I'm, of course, talking and none other than Shy Girl that we, have, we are listening to uh -huh. in the background. And... The, she only has two EPs, so if you don't know her or you want to get into her music, you will go through all her stuff way too fast and you will be stuck like me, wanting for more and waiting for her to put out more stuff. Um, and for those who don't know her, maybe um, you will get the idea of what her music is like and and if you will like her or not, when I say that she has collabed with Arca, Sophie and also... Oh, and this is me gossiping again. Um, Sega Bodega, who is actually her eight-year-long boyfriend. I didn't know that. I saw it in a Twitter comment or something. That and they were, I don't know. They've been dating for eight years, and to me, that's the coolest um, power couple there is now. So I'm, I already like her even more. <laughs> Not because of her boyfriend, because of herself. But that's a cool thing to know. And I don't know how to describe her other than she's an icon, she's a legend, she is the moment. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. Rihanna has already used her music in ads for Fenty Beauty. Mm. Mugler used um, her music in their last show. She has recently become the face of the new Barberry campaign. When I tell you she's the moment, I mean she is the moment. Everybody loves her, she's a neat girl. We can't wait to see her at Primavera the first weekend next year. Ah, so she falls into, I'm, I'm going to just put the label hyperpop. Uh, it makes things easier. Yeah. Because no? she's associated, as you say, with Sega Bodega, yeah, yeah. with Arca. Yeah. Um, we yeah. interviewed her. Do you, do you remember? I saw that and I'm, I was so jealous. Yeah. She was great. In, did she come into the studio? No, no, by the phone. Very dodgy oh. phone connection, I remember. Oh, but she was on. really cool. Oh, okay, okay. Well, uh, she, fall, she falls into, into hyperpop, which kind of, um, it... it it, you know, we're listening to music by Pont, from the Pontaeri from DJ Pastis, who I found out is also performing at Primavera Sound. DJ Pastis was one of the most important, well, one of the biggest DJs of the uh, Catalan Bacalao movement. 
The Ruta del Bacalao is the famous. You, 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 what, what year were you born in? 97. Wow, you, you, you weren't even born when the Ruta del Bacalao was happening. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and, and in fact, in Catalonia, Rob is correcting me. It wasn't called Bacalao, it was called Máquina. It's this kind of really euphoric, speedy techno. Let's listen to a bit of Ponta Eri. Súbelo, Román. So this is this was the sound of uh, Spanish mm, Spanish dance music, shall we say, at the beginning of the 90s. Ben, you made a special on this in Line Noise, didn't you? I did. Well, well, basically, we were looking into like the revival of all kinds of like um, the wider revival of like Gabba and things like that, all becoming very fashionable, which just seemed incredibly un- unlikely. Um, and we were talking about Gabba and the sort of Dutch sound. And uh, Pau, who I used to do line those with, was like, yeah, we could talk about the Spanish sound. We could talk about La Ruta and kind of things, which I didn't really know about. And I read that book about the, the Ruta, and it was kind of fascinating. Kind of fascinating. Kind of, because what I find fascinating is it went from like playing like records by Depeche Mode, who I really, really liked, playing stuff like this, which I cannot abide. I'm sorry. Yeah. I literally cannot abide. I just don't know where the missing um, link is between the the... The precursor to the Ruta del Bacalao was a lot of um, um, EBM, dark wave, goth, or post-punk. It would be normal to hear Sisters of Mercy, Depeche Mode, uh, Nitzareb. Well, Nitzareb I can see. Um, but uh, 808 State and, and even the Cure, New Romantic kind of pop, that was kind of the sound of discotheques in Spain. But all of a sudden, then... Boom, you go to this really high, fast, high speed, energetic, 135 or 140 BPM kind of techno dance. And, well, that was the sound of Valencia's Ruta del Bacalao and in Barcelona's case, Máquina. And DJ Pastis, who used to DJ with Pastis Ambuenri, it was a duo of DJs, Pastis Ambuenri, which translates as um, pills and, and, and good vibes, <laughs> uh, or Pastis, the drink that was drank by all the Bohemians yeah, in Barcelona. Yeah, that's what they was getting at. Yeah, pastis. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but that's Pastis with an eye, with a accent on the eye. No, Pastis. Pastillas. Uh, he is playing. He's playing Primavera Sound. So this is like a statement from the booking team saying, look, we need to give a nod to Machina because it's being revamped by people like the hyper-pop artists like Daniel Hall, who's also performing. And apparently, Daniel Hall is currently in Barcelona working with Caroline Politek. Sega Bodega is also around here as well. You know, it's all tied in. They're all here in Barcelona because Arca is living here. So they're all working on music with Arca. And apparently Daniel Hall is collaborating or doing something with DJ Pastis, which is going to be mega because Daniel Hall is a lover of the Machina sound. And he's, mm, if you've listened to Hallcore, which you both talked about beautifully, and he actually retweeted uh, in praise of how you got it. Um, how Mar specifically? Got how Mar specifically got it? Mar gets it. Mar's got the, the compass. Period. You've got the. So I guess your generation, who weren't even born with, when Bacalao was happening, it's now your time to mm-hmm. relive it. Yeah, um, because I I do remember um, Bonaire songs and and having friends that had older sisters that went to Panaeri and then we get, got the chance to listen to the CDs and stuff and it was so much fun it was like I can't wait to, to grow up and go to all these parties and, th- and stuff and when we grow up it was not a thing anymore so it's now finally our turn to, to have parties like this and with this kind of sound that's why I loved um, Danny's uh, album so much I mean, it was everything I, I wanted to happen it's perfect timing 
Well, another, it's funny because one of the biggest names in the Ruta del Bacala, in La Ruta del Bacalao was Chimo Bayo, a Valencian producer uh, who made, uh, well, he was the star of La Ruta del Bacalao. He was one of the most popular artists who crossed a little bit over into the mainstream and had his songs all, so going all over. And he was also honored in some way when MIA, Maya Arul Pragasam, sampled his song, Así Me Gusta A Mi, for her track, Warriors, which we're going to hear in the background. She sampled it and, and slowed it down a little bit. My MIA, she's also performing next year, so if, when she performs this song, it'll be another moment when La Ruta is getting its dues, shall we say, or rev, uh, representation from the contemporary hitters of today. And that's all we have time for on this episode of the weekly review where we've been talking about queer baiting hyper pop and rich people <laughs> let's all think rich and maybe we shall become like Migos uh, I don't know well, another don't know. rich people yeah <laughs> dress like you're the job you want to have and and behave like the person you want to be <laughs> we have some money is essentially what we're saying yeah <laughs> Pontari MIA let's go Primera Sound La Ruta del Bacalao Empieza aquí You got me fired up, time to got me back up I keep my head down, bit it up, bit it up, bit it up